and to church, everyone. Thanks for joining us again this morning. My name is Walter, and I'm the teaching and small groups minister here, and we are in the middle of this series called Mistakes Were Made. We've been reading the book of Numbers, and uh, yeah, it's talking about the fact, the series is about the fact that we all kind of screw up every once in a while. The 18th century poet, Alexander Pope, put it best when he said in, in a short statement in a very, very long poem, he said, to err is human, and that just seems to be the case. We all make mistakes. Speaking of mistakes, can I get my volunteers to come on up here this morning? There they are. These two are not mistakes. They are fantastic members of our high school youth group. This is Lily and Aiden. Here, I got a microphone for you guys this service. Yeah, so we're going to play a game in which we try to determine if somebody has made a mistake or not. So yeah, come on over to the middle so you're on camera for the live stream. Yeah, nailed it or failed it, Lumberjack Edition. I'm sorry, we're going back to my youth group roots here. So the way this game works is we'll play a video and you guys are going to determine, decide if the lumberjack in question has actually nailed it or failed it. The first one is familiar, so the, the congregation knows what we're doing. Can we play that first video right here? <laughs> All right, we'll talk amongst ourselves. So, Lily, what do you think about chainsaws? Ah, they're scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and uh, Aiden, uh, how do you feel about chainsaws? We're having a lot of fun talking about these they right now. They cut things. They cut things. You know, the reason, part of the reason this, this video thing, yes, good job. Uh, part of the reason we're doing this video game on uh, mistakes is that I have to go cut a tree down for my neighbor soon, and uh, it's kind of leaning a little bit towards his house, and I don't want to end up like some of the people in these videos that will shortly be on the screen. Give me, a, give me an idea how long we got here. 30 seconds. 30, 30, oh, that was a good sound. 30 seconds. You know, this is a great illustration for the, the phrase, mistakes were made. Yes. All right, so anyways, first, first service, uh, which one of you won? Aiden won. Yeah, okay, and yep, Aiden won because he was amazing and he guessed right. Second service, we're going to see who wins. Here we go, here we go. Yes. All right, and you guys have already seen it, so you know, but what do you p- people think out there? Did this lumberjack successfully nail it or did they hit their house? Did it fail? I think so. Let's see the rest of it. Oh. Yeah, okay, all right. Well, I don't think I got that, but that was not good at all. That was not good at all. We've got three more of these. Here's the real game now. Are you guys prepared? First one. Nailed it or failed it? Uh, what do you think, Aiden? Hold that mic up and tell us your answer. Failed it. Failed it, all right. And by fail it, you mean it's going to hit the van. Oh, yeah. Okay, all right, all right. Lily? I also say failed it. All right, and we will see. That van was in the wrong place. But he's a professional, so yeah, you're both wrong, sorry. Zero points there. All right, two more, two more. Hopefully you do better next turn. All right, do we think they were successful or not? What do you guys think? Crickets, crickets. It's very hard to choose. Aiden, what do you think? 
Lots of dis- decisiveness here this morning. Nailed it. Hopefully. Nailed it. All right. Yes. Okay. And Lily. Oh. Oh. Yes. If by nailed it you mean nailed the house, then uh, all right, Lily. We're going to give you no points because you didn't guess either. Come on, kid. I was in the or. All right. And the final one, the tiebreaker. You guys know that your score is both zero right now. Okay. All right. Here we go. The tiebreaker. You got to make a choice this time. All right, mine's nailed it because nailed it. Look, th- look at it slightly. It, like the upper tree might not hit the branch. I mean the barn. Very nice analysis. Okay, and Aiden, failed it. Just going with your gut. All right, that's good. And congregation. Oh. These hurt my heart. All right, thank you guys so much for playing. Uh, wait, you said failed it. I have a gift for you. We have a, a, a dad hat from it says the South Lansing Christian Church logo, a bunch of candy, and a South shirt. So, congratulations to you, Thank you. on winning this game. Congratulations to you, Lily, too. Thank you guys for playing. Can I get a round of applause for our contestants? Eric is developing some incredible leaders in our high school youth group, and if your kids are in high school and they're not yet in youth group, they should go to Modified on Monday nights. It's amazing, and we are so thankful for people like Lily and Aiden. Now, this morning, if I, when I think about these videos, if I would have been running the saw in any one of those instances, and that tree started to go over, I would have hightailed it out of there at a 45-degree angle from the, the, the angle of drop, and it would have been as if Walter was never here. And isn't that the way it goes in our society? Isn't it that, that the way that we, we feel about things? When something goes wrong, our first instinct isn't to own it. It isn't to make it right. It, it's to deny involvement and to get away. And look, I'm far from a legal expert, but I feel like our, our legal system in many ways is kind of built on this. Whenever somebody gets in trouble, we are trying to avoid liability. And, and we even carry liability insurance Speaking of insurance, our, our system of auto insurance in Michigan is known as no-fault auto insurance. And that's a cool name, but when the teenager spun her car out in the oncoming lane of traffic and slid across and totaled my car out, I think somebody was at fault there. It, it certainly felt like it, but our insurance is no, no fault. Now elsewhere, companies settle lawsuits without admitting any wrongdoing, and there are professionals in the field of risk management, which by definition recognizes that we're prone to error, right? In all of these discussions, though, of of risk and liability and responsibility, our culture, our legal system tell us to avoid all responsibility and to deny, deny, deny. Instead of being people of character who own up to our mistakes, we, we in the, the systems of this world, tell us to avoid avoid responsibility. We say things like, mistakes were made, but nobody knows how they happened. Instead of being people of character who say, I made a mistake. Mistakes were made, and man, I hope they never figure out my part in this mistake. Instead of, mistakes were made, instead of, I made a mistake, how can I make this right? Now, as we've been reading the book of Numbers, we've encountered a people who just made mistake after mistake after mistake, 
They wandered into full-on rebellion. They pointed fingers. They blamed. They did not trust God. And yet God continued to be faithful to them. And so this morning we're going to see another story. Numbers chapter 20, starting in verse 1. Another story of when the Israelites, man, they just made a huge mistake. So verse 1 of Numbers chapter 20. In the first month of the year, the whole community of Israel arrived in the wilderness of Zin and camped at Kadesh. While they were there, Miriam died and was buried. Now, Miriam being Moses' sister, and so it's helpful when you read the book of Numbers to kind of to understand how the chronology of this works. Last week, we talked about the spies on the edge of the promised land and then how the people of Israel were, were sentenced to 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. The first part of Numbers 20 seems to be at the beginning of these 40 years of wandering the wilderness. And you have the passing of Miriam. Now, the, the end of Numbers 20 appears to be at the end of these four decades with the, the passing of Aaron. And so you've got four decades of time crunched into one chapter here. And they seem to not really be notable decades, except for the fact that God's people who had rebelled all passed away as their sentence was. And, and at the end of, uh, of this, all this time, they are ready to finally enter the promised land. But for now, we're at the beginning of these 40 years, and we're in Numbers 20. Verse 2, this is what happens. There was no water for the people to drink at that place, and so they rebelled against Moses and Aaron. The people blamed Moses and said, if only we had died in the Lord's presence with our brothers. Why have you brought the congregation of the Lord's people into this wilderness to die along with all our livestock? Why did you make us leave Egypt and bring us here to this terrible place? This land has no grain, no figs, no grapes, no pomegranates, and no water to drink. It's like a kid having a tantrum. It's just list. And imagine being Moses at this moment. And this guy had to be tired. He's over 80 years old at this point. Eight decades, from what I hear, will wear on you. He walks a lot. His feet had to hurt. He sleeps in a tent. He wakes up every day and he's got to have aches and pains. And not only that, all these people, the weight of this leadership is on him. He's tired. He's tired and he's stressed. No matter how he tries to lead God's people, even standing up for them when God is ready to obliterate them, no matter how he tries to lead them, he doesn't get any thanks. They're just mad and angry and they're after him. He's tired, he's stressed, he's grieving. His sister had just passed away and grief comes in waves, and it's very possible that Moses was experiencing one of those waves of, of grief right there. It's, it's likely that by this point, his parents had passed too, so it's just him and his brother Aaron, and so he's tired, and he's stressed, and he's grieving, and I just think, can't this guy catch a break? If I had been Moses at this point, I would have been so over all of this, and maybe, maybe you've been there too. Maybe you're worn out. Maybe you've been working and working and working, putting in long hours, and you're not seeing any result from it. And no matter how much time, how much effort you put in, it's like there's always another bill, another emergency, and your bank account is just always drained. You're worn out. Maybe you're stressed out. You've been investing so much in in relationships and the people around you, investing but not seeing any reciprocation, and you just wish that your friends, your family would care about the relationship and care about you as much as you do and you just want to be known and and loved and valued 
You're worn out. You're stressed out. You know, maybe, maybe you're angry. Maybe you're carrying around a chip on your shoulder because of what somebody has done to you. It's not right. It's unfair. If there were justice in the universe, they would get some recompense for their action, but they aren't, and so you carry that, and it's weighing you down. Maybe you're grieving. Maybe you've lost someone or something, and there's this hole in your life, and it doesn't feel like it, it's going to be filled. And, and so maybe you've been there. Maybe you're in that moment right now, and I think it's when we're in these, these low moments, these low seasons, when we're tired or angry or upset, bored, hungry even, that we make some of our worst, our worst decisions. If you've ever made a choice and then immediately felt instant regret, it probably happened at one of these low points in your life. That certainly was the case for Moses, as we'll read here in just a minute. Verse 6 of chapter 20. Moses and Aaron turned away from the people and went to the entrance of the tabernacle where they fell face down on the ground. And then the glorious presence of the Lord appeared to them, and the Lord said to Moses, You and Aaron must take the staff and assemble the entire community as the people watch, speak to the rock over there. It will pour out its water, and you will provide enough water from the rock to satisfy the whole community and their livestock. So Moses gets some very specific instructions from God about how to make sure God's people stay hydrated. And again, if you've been reading with us this fall, it's, it's very similar. You've, you've seen an episode like this in Exodus 17 where where God's people are at that time, this is in the past for this story, but at that time they're complaining again, there's no water, they're not sure what to do, and they're mad, and, and God says, hey Moses, grab your staff, assemble the people, strike a rock, and I will bring water. And, and so God does. He provides for his people. Well now here in Numbers 20, we've got the same situation again, that people are tired and thirsty and they don't know what they're going to do, and so God says he'll provide water. Moses, grab your staff, assemble the people, and speak to the rock. It's a very similar situation. But as you'll see, as you see in a minute, there are some differences in the instructions given. And those differences are, are pretty significant for Moses. Verse 9, Moses did as he was told. He took the staff from the place it was kept before the Lord. And then he and Aaron summoned the people to come and gather at the rock. Listen, you rebels, he shouted. Must we bring water from this rock? And then Moses raised his hand and struck the rock twice with the staff and water gushed out. And so the entire community and their livestock drank their fill. Did you guys catch that? There's a, there's this, a slight difference between what was instructed and what was carried out. And some mistakes were made here. And those, Moses, those mistakes found Moses in in a moment of intense anger, assembling the people, shouting at the people, and striking the rock instead of calling the people over, speaking to the people, and speaking to the rock. And yeah, it doesn't seem like a real major mistake. It didn't seem like a huge deviation from our perspective. It seems very similar. And the people certainly had it coming. I mean, it was, it was well past time for them to get chewed out. Oh, and also, 
The last time when God had brought water, he had brought it when Moses struck the rock. So I can see how he would get this kind of mixed up. And Moses had reached his limit. He'd been pushed one step too far. And really, this can't be the first time that Moses has messed up, right? It's not all that big of a deal. I mean, God brought water, so no harm, no foul, right? Well, verse 12, the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not trust me enough to demonstrate my holiness to the people of Israel, you will not lead them into the land I am giving them. And this place was known as the waters of Meribah, which means arguing, because there the people of Israel argued with the Lord, and there he demonstrated his holiness among them. Man, that's harsh. Every time I read this, I find myself thinking, come on. Can't Moses catch a break here? Remember all the pressure he's under and the tiredness, the stress, the grief? I mean, sure, he went against God's commandments here. But this couldn't have been the first time in his entire life that he went against God's commandment. And again, again, he had a lot going on. And can you imagine being Moses at this point? You've given up your entire life to follow God's call to lead these people. And you've shouldered this burden. You've given your all to them even when they seem to want to reject you over and over and over again. And now one decision in a very tense moment causes you to lose all of the reward. Imagine the regret. Whenever I read this part of Numbers, I feel that regret. I I just feel it strongly. Moses had been through so much only to just see it all disappear. The reward is gone now that he made this mistake. And I think if God is the God of grace, where is grace in Numbers 20? The story of Moses, this episode of Moses striking the rock, it, it looms large in Scripture it's mentioned a few other times, in, a couple times in Numbers, in fact. It's, it's mentioned once when Aaron passes away, and it's, it's mentioned when Joshua is raised to be the next leader of the Israelites. It's mentioned in, De- in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy, Moses writes that he himself pleaded with God to lift this sentence and to let Moses enter the promised land, and yet God's sentence remained. It's mentioned at the end of Deuteronomy when Moses climbs the mountain looks out over the land, and then passes away without entering the promised land. It's mentioned elsewhere. Take Psalm 95, for instance. And every time it's mentioned, it just feels so harsh. How could God let this one moment, this one decision, define the rest of Moses' life? Isn't that what the church stands against? We say things like, your past. You can leave your past behind here. Your mistakes don't have to define you. And so God's people have been wrestling with this. What's going on here? We've been wrestling with this, trying to figure this out for a long time. Some people wonder, maybe it's perhaps the fact that Moses and Aaron didn't give attribution to God before the people. And so they said, must we bring water from this rock? And that was their sin. That w- that's what pushed it over to the point of rebellion at which God had to respond. Maybe, maybe it was that. Or maybe it was Moses' anger. He was so angry at this, these people. And, and one commentator I read said, even when we, God's people, 
Even when we face people, we face others who clearly deserve the fires of hell. It's, it's not our place to bring that punishment. God says multiple times in Scripture that he reserves the right of vengeance. Or, you know, maybe it was Moses and Aaron's role as leaders of the people. In the New Testament, James tells us that not all of you should be teachers because those who teach will be, will be held to a higher standard. They will be judged more harshly. And so perhaps, perhaps it's that. Moses and Aaron, as leaders of the people, were held to a higher standard, and so they were punished here. Honestly, the fact of the matter is the text doesn't say. All that God says is that in striking the rock, Moses and Aaron had rebelled against him, and And so God dealt with that rebellion, and he dealt with it severely. And so I'm left to ponder, what's going on here? And in pondering this, my attention was drawn to, to Hebrews, the book of Hebrews. In Hebrews chapter 11... Moses is is listed right there in this chapter that tells us about our great heroes of the faith. People who trusted God and it was counted to them as righteousness. And by faith Moses did this. Moses occupies a great deal of space in this chapter. And then you you get to the next chapter. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 5. And this is what's said. And have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as his children? The encouraging words. My child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline. And don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. As you endure this divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own children. Who ever heard of a child who was never disciplined by its father? If God doesn't discipline you as he does all of his children, it means that you are illegitimate and not really his children at all. Since we respected our earthly fathers who disciplined us, shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of the Father of our spirits and live forever? For our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years, doing the best they knew how, but God's discipline is always good for us, so that we might share in His holiness. No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. So take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. Mark out a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall but become strong. If you expect to be loved by God, well, then you can expect His discipline. If you expect to be loved by God, you can expect His discipline as well. And man, that gets tricky when we think about our notions of grace and unmerited favor. And and so we expect that as forgiven people of God's kingdom who belong to Jesus, that there will be no heavenly response or earthly consequence for our former sinful actions. But that's just not the case. Scripture's clear the Lord disciplines those he loves. You know, I think some of those people in those chainsaw videos this morning, they probably experienced some discipline. What do you think? The discipline of a family member, irate as their property is destroyed. Perhaps the discipline of an insurance company with more than one or two questions. 
Maybe the discipline of the law in some cases. Each of those kinds of discipline, though, they're, they're not really that concerned with love. They, they've got more to do with fairness, with keeping the peace. But the Scripture tells us that the Lord disciplines those He loves. And we know that God loved Moses deeply. At the end of Moses' life, he climbs that mountain. He meets God up there. He, he looks over the promised land and then he passes away and then God buries him. It's this act of love that stands out in Scripture. We have nothing comparable to it. This, this moment, the only person that we know of that God has laid to rest. God loved Moses and yet he disciplined him. That sentence still stood. Have you been... Have you been having an off-season lately? Have you felt some weight? Have you ever considered the Lord's discipline? You know, it's one of those things we don't talk about a whole lot in church. I don't think we either want to understand it or understand it all that well, but it's certainly an expectation in Scripture. God disciplines those He loves. Discipline is never fun. If it's a punishment discipline... It's painful. If it's just discipline as you're training for something, if you're training to run a race, it's also painful. And yet discipline is instructive, it's, it's productive, and it's done with your best interest in mind. If you've been feeling that way, if that's where you are this morning, if things have seemed, seemed off and your heart is heavy, if you've been feeling God's discipline Be prepared to open your heart to it. Be ready to to welcome and to accept what God is doing. Instead of, as Psalm 95 tells us, Psalm 95, 8, don't harden your hearts as the Israelites did at the waters of Meribah, but be open and welcome what God is doing in you. When you make a mistake, welcome the Lord's discipline because God's discipline can bring good from your worst mistakes. Would you join me in prayer? God, we are your people. And we love you. And we're thankful for Jesus. And we, we claim his sacrifice for us, covering our sins, allowing us to come before you. And, and yet, God, we know that we are far, far from perfect this side of heaven. And though we try to walk in step with your spirit, God, we don't always get it right. So we pray for your forgiveness on us. And we pray for your discipline in our lives. God, we we welcome, even when it's tough, we welcome you to do what you want to do with us. Jesus, we affirm you as our Lord and not just our Savior. And so we know that when you say go, we need to go and say do we need to do and so father i pray that you would help us to be obedient children this morning jesus it's in your name that we pray these things amen at this point in our service we will respond to god as we sing a couple songs and as we give back generously in a little bit as we share the lord's supper together with one another bread and the juice representing Jesus' body and blood that were broken and poured out for us. 
But I want to encourage you, if you have been feeling that lately, if you've been feeling that offness, that weight, if you've got a heavy heart, there will be elders and members of our prayer team around the back of the room, and we would love to have a conversation with you. We would love to pray for you, to talk about what God's doing in your heart, in your life, and to walk this journey with you. And so, as we sing together, won't you come and join us? And now will you stand and worship with us?